After kicking it old school with the Goldbergs, Jack and Josh have gotten to a point where they want everything to just click. This is Truly Happily Madison. We're back in the um, we're back in the New York groove, as a, as a New Yorker might say. Um, this film is, I think, partially set in New York. Is it? Yeah, he's on a bridge. Yeah, um, back in the New York groove. Hi, I'm Jack Gregson. Oh, and I'm Josh. Hi. Hi, Josh. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've recovered from last week. From last week, where you were very morose about having to watch a passable sitcom. It just upset me. It's, anyway, but I'm I'm through it. I'm over it. I'm sorry to you and to the listeners. I'll be good. Well, to make up for it to the <laughs> listeners, we've got we've got a surprise this week because we are we are not alone. We are joined this week by uh, a good friend of mine and yours. That's to the listeners, your friend as well, Amon Warman. How are you, mate? I am well. I am well. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks great for coming to have on. You here. <laughs> Here to talk about one of the one of the the all time classics, one of the films from two thousand and six. But before those, <laughs> each week your hosts Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from nineteen ninety nine to current day. And of course, we have to ask you, Alan, what's your history with Adam Sandler and Happy Madison in general? What do you know? Where are you on it? Oh man, Adam Sandler. It's interesting. Like he's made a couple movies which still to this day I revisit and laugh my ass off at. Like Happy Gilmore is one of my favorite comedies. I completely one of my it. top five sport comedies, as I mentioned previous week. Not for Josh, though. Not for Josh. <laughs> what? Josh, we need to have words about that. Um, it's Mighty but... Ducks 1, 2, and 3 in the respective slots. <laughs> okay, but you tell, me, you tell me there's no room for Happy Gilmore at number 4 or 5? It got an honourable mention. Josh. I think that's fair. But, yeah, so, so, so you know, that, that film can be on TV tomorrow, and if I just happen to sort of turn it on halfway through, I have to watch it to the end. I, I like I love mm. it on on that level, but there are unfortunately many other films in Adam Sandler's filmography which are not on that level to put it mildly, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a shame because as we're about to get into uh, with the film we're about to discuss, um, he is in many ways a very talented actor, and I think if he had made some other choices uh, in uh, the past, um, everyone would be talking about him in uh, a different way than what many sort of you know talk about him now. Um, which is not to say that you know again he's got things like uncut gems and his filmography, which you know he should have been Oscar nominated for, but Oscar's yeah. Oscar's gonna Oscar. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, um, unfortunately for too many, uh, the things that come to mind when we think of Adam Sandler are not the uncut gems, the Happy Gilmores, they are the Netflix duds, the Kevin James movies, etc. Um, and Josh so, is a big Kevin James fan, so I think, oh uh, boy, <laughs> man, Josh, we really I need am. to talk after this, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm not okay. It's <laughs> gradually coming. I, I, I've been on the podcast for five minutes, and I would concur with that statement. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say is my opinion on Adam Sandler is very, very mixed. <laughs> Well, this um, is interesting. This is an interesting way because I um I've recently moved and I was telling my new flatmate about my podcast oh, yeah. and what this podcast is, and I, I described it as it's very much a look into trying to figure out why we like Adam Sandler because we do we do like him we do in fact we like him a lot we like him enough to watch a lot of these movies yeah <laughs> um, you don't do that to someone you hate do you but, have, that was something really the, wrong with you to do that but the strange thing is that he um yeah he produces a lot of schlock that um it's hard to stand and i think actually yes this is a very interesting week to talk about that because I think the things that work in this movie and the things that don't work in this movie are big themes in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best and worst of Adam Sandler in one movie. Yeah. 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 I think that's, it's very true. Which is why I think I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. Cause I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's stuff in there that I really like and stuff in there that I really don't. So, but yeah. we'll get to it all. We'll get <laughs> to it all. But, uh, well, Josh, would you would you agree on this on this sort of? Uh... Eh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> eh. uh, I mean, we'll see. I, I've, see. As has been um, as has been shown by previous weeks, what you think works in an Adam Sandler film and what I think works <laughs> in an Adam Sandler film is often the complete opposite. When we say the best and worst of Adam Sandler in this film, you agree, but what I think is the worst, <laughs> you think is the best. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the worst and best of Adam Sandler in this film. <laughs> you know? Well, let's kick it off. We're talking about Click. We're talking about Click. We're talking about Click. We're talking about Click. Um, I'm going to throw a load of those in. I hate it. Just before I thought... Mute. <laughs> Unmute. <laughs> this could be a long fucking episode. Yeah, oh, Gimmicks. It's good. We haven't introduced Amon. We did. But like, oh, who he is, what you do. Well, Amon, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> uh, yes. So my name is Amon Warman. I am a contributing editor at Empire Magazine. And I also write for people like Variety, NME. Uh, I'm on radio every week talking about the week's films. I'm on TV on occasionally on Sky and Channel 4 and other other places talking about films and TV and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I've got fingers and pies is what I'm saying. Fingers <laughs> and pies. Yeah, you are you more than qualified to deconstruct the movie Click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big so, time. I feel, I feel the pressure now after all of that. You gotta, you gotta bring some real <laughs> introspective oh, to boy. these two dum dums who sit here every week. I don't even understand how cameras work. Well, with that, 
Josh, do you have an IMDb synopsis that is well written and coherent? <laughs> I have one of those things. <laughs> Michael Newman, Sandler, is a hard-working family man who must please his boss, Hasselhoff, in order to get promoted. Problem is, he gets less time with his family and wishes for a remote in which he can control his life. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Also, bad sentence structure. Anyway, it's fine. This soon comes true for Newman when he meets Morty Walken, a crazy sales clerk who has the ultimate remote. A remote in which he can do anything, including muting, skipping, and dubbing his life. He finds this to be the opportunity in which he can not only skip every argument, but also skip to his promotion. He sees this as a good idea until the remote goes horribly wrong. <laughs> Written by film Who fan. Wrote this? <laughs> film fan. You know, film fan. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, that went on a while, but yeah, that's the whole film basically. That is in which, a... in which the whole film is contained. <laughs> oh, here, here, are, here are the stats for this one. Uh, this was uh, directed by Frank Karachi. Who is uh, who? This is our first Frank Karachi film we've covered, but previously that he did um, the Wedding Singer and the Waterboy, which were basically the two films that gets on the the blank check to set up his own production company. Yeah, big. So it's surprising that this is the first time they've reunited since 1998. Maybe uh, he was just waiting for that yes. quality. <laughs> Eight years. Yeah, he gets sent, like, gets sent the script for Little Nicky. He's like, nope, nope, not for me. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, it's this film stars Adam Sandler, Kate Beckinsale, Christopher Walken, Henry Winkler, and Julie Kavner, or as I've written, Julie Carner. That's who that was. Yeah. <laughs> Released in the US on the twenty third of June, two thousand six. Made for a budget of eighty-two point five million dollars. Whoa! Okay. Wow. Just, it's in um, that incredibly inflated budget realm for Adam Sandler. Mm. Also, interestingly, this film is written by the two guys who wrote uh, Bruce Almighty. <laughs> Bruce Almighty so cost, much sense. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Almighty cost two million dollars less than this. I think Bruce Almighty looks like a way more expensive film than Yeah, this. but there's so, you know, Jack, you're forgetting all the incredible camera trickery, like the bit where <laughs> Adam Sandler freezes his wife and she is frozen and he can he continues talking. How are you meant to do that for less than $5 million? <laughs> you bring up a good point, Josh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, compared to uh, Bruce Almighty, didn't quite rule the box office like that one did no. this made 137.3 million dollars domestic plus an extra 103.3 million worldwide so total of 230 and 240 mil which is good uh bristol mighty right. was already in the 450 realm so just going to keep comparing this to Bruce Almighty because it did. After I found out it was who was written by it, stuck in my head a lot watching this movie. Yeah. Uh, opening weekend, this opened at number one at the US box office ahead of Cars in its third week, Nacho Libre in its second week, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift in its second week. It <gasps> beat Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift in its second week. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift did not have a successful box office run. Did wow. it not? No, it wasn't until Vin came back. I mean, I know he's there. He's in that he's, one. But nobody knew it. 
and uh, also be in its opening weekend Waste Deep which is a movie I don't remember but with uh, Tyrese Gibson and um, Megan Good Uh, this has a Rotten Tomato score of 34% Mm. and uh, how are we feeling about that does that seem appropriate no I feel like it's a little low yeah this is a you know 55-60 I'd say definitely in the 50 range yeah yeah I'm sticking 40. 40 and uh, this is our, I think this is our third movie from 2006, but to reiterate the other comedies from 2006, you had Talladega Nights, mm. Borat, Clerks mm. 2, The Breakup, mm. and mm. everybody's favorite Beer Fest. Mm. Borat was in 2006? Man, I feel Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone see this at the cinema? Did anybody uh, see this before the pod? Or I didn't see this at the cinema. I rewatched it for the pod uh, for the first time in a very long time. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I don't remember seeing this in the cinema. No, I definitely not <laughs> seen this one. I I've seen the clip of him freezing Hasselhoff and slapping him. Okay. And that was like it. That was the whole thing I'd seen. <laughs> I yeah, I saw this at the. Hammersmith's in a world back in 2006. Oh. Um, what a time. What a time to be alive. Um, I remember at the time, my thing with this film was I really didn't like it. Because um, <laughs> okay. uh, I, I was in that pe- like, I was in that weird period of my life where I was a very art housey 16 year old. Uh, wow, you were like, that dude. I was that dude. <laughs> but I was also like that dude. But I, like, I, I did love Talladega Nights. But I was like, yeah, Talladega Nights has, like, has a real sort of arc to it. And it's, you know, it's got a real sort of pathos and it's interesting. And Gary Cole was giving like a command performance. <laughs> and then oh, I was. And, and then I, I, I remember what I remember always saying about this film after I'd first seen it was what I really hated about it was that I felt like. Despite the fact I'd not liked it, it did manipulate me to cry. Ah, I <laughs> um, see. Which is something we brought up on Eight Crazy Nights before. Where I was like, this, this, this film that I really hate suddenly has a moment where I'm just like, oh god, I am sad. Somebody's parents died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Um... But watching it this time, I, I'm, I'm more lenient on it. And it might just be because we had three films in a row that were Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo, mm. Grandma's Boy, and The Benchwarmers. Yeah, it's been a bad few weeks. <laughs> and I just, I've really missed Adam Sandler. Same. <laughs> At least, like, starring role Adam Sandler, not yeah. like weird, shitty cameos. But here you go, you get him. And his his eyes are only dead half of the time in this film, which is, is it, refreshing. Was it just me, or did he look really red in a lot of this movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, what yeah. he did, he did that thing with the remote control and he turned himself too red. That's what oh, happened. Yeah. He just left it. <laughs> just the whole film. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm very mixed on it because on the one hand, you've got casual and explicit misogyny you got fat shaming you got lots of unfunny scenes of him hamming it up for the camera homophobia Um, transphobia yeah rob schneider yeah 
<laughs> but you know, but I remember back when I watched it for the for the, for the first time, it's sticking with me because of how it made me feel. Um, and it really came from my feels. And then re-watching it for the pod, like it made me cry again. The final 10 minutes or so really deeply affected me. It's part of everything about the film which doesn't work. And there's a whole bunch of it that doesn't work because, mm. um, you know, and I think you know part of the reason why it's got 34% on Rotten Tomatoes is because uh, the way it was marketed and the way people were going into the film, they were expecting an Adam Sandler comedy. But I, when I think of Click, I don't think of the comedy, even though there are a couple of moments here and there, few and far between, which genuinely make me laugh. Um, but I think about the feels and the emotion and the things which actually move me um, about the film, because there's some really, really great drama at the heart of it. And it, and it stems from really real relatable issues as well um as as simple as those issues may be when it comes to sort of trite lessons when all is said and done the core drama at the heart of it is real relatable stuff that still sort of you know i think that's a big reason why those final minutes really move me um so so yeah i'm it's 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 really really weird to talk about this movie because you know probably all the stuff which you're about to make up in terms of criticisms, I'm going to agree with every single one of them. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's one of the Adam Sandler movies which, that, that has really, really stuck with me um, since 2006 because of the deeply affecting moving scenes. Um, and, they are, and, there, and there's a few scenes like that. It's not just like one hill there. There's a few scenes like that where it's actually, he, he got me. And I think, you know, just reading up on it, the fact that, Sandler's uh, dad had passed away right before they started filming this movie. You can mm. tell that he is pulling from that in his performance at multiple times. And hundred percent, I think and, like that's it. Really, it's his pathos in this movie that makes it work for me. Yeah, this is it with Sandler. He's an actor. He he it, like <laughs> yes. he can he can really act when it calls for it. What I think Sandler isn't is a writer no i'm uh, we talked about this on 50 first dates the script was rewritten by sandler's cronies and um <laughs> it's a great the term cronies the sand men <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i can't i haven't been able to find anything about rewrites on this but I feel like the dog humping the duck. Yeah, I was going to say, not... you telling me that these two guys who wrote Bruce Almighty wrote in several scenes of dogs fucking inanimate objects. <laughs> I don't, I feel like they didn't write in Prince no. Habibu. No, they, um... no, absolutely not. They didn't write that. I, they probably didn't write, they might have write, they, they might have written slapping David Hasselhoff, but they definitely didn't write him squatting and farting full into his face. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I would say. This is 2006, so we're post-punch-drunk love, we're post-spanglish. Um, we're about to hit um, uh, Rain Over Me next week, which I'm very excited about. Uh, is that about. next week? That's <gasps> next week. Oh, God, a birthday treat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he is showing... He, I mean, what, he's, he's turned down collateral which is still like the thing i want to see most in this world is him in the jamie fox role and oh, oh in the jamie i, Fo- I was, I was w- picturing him as tom cruise 
Okay. I can't. I can't imagine that. Oh man, I can see it so much. Just this, especially like thinking of him in Uncut Gems. Just this yeah. kind of guy, down on his luck, sitting in that taxi. I mean, I love Jamie Foxx yeah. in that movie anyway. But yeah, um, I can't see it right now. <laughs> it was who they wow. went to first. They wanted Sandler, wow. and he turned it down to do Spanglish. <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing uh-huh. what if. Oh my goodness. That's up there with like Will Smith Neo. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. big time. The idea the of just Sandler and Cruz just like I I keep picturing that club scene <laughs> with Sandler and like oh my god, and everyone mistaking Sandler for the hitman. Oh that is nuts. nuts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, you have blown my mind. I'm not gonna be listening to you for a while. Let's be thinking about the possibilities. <laughs> I mean not to put Jamie Fox out of a job, but we could we could get a click remote. <laughs> we, could go back. we can make it happen. <laughs> Because that's the thing, you know, because Fox had great success with that, but he he had great success with Ray that year as well. So, you know, it, we yeah. wouldn't be taking too much away from Fox. True. Are you true. sure it was 2006 or 2000? I thought it was 2005. Collateral was 2004, and, and uh, Ray was just, like, tail end of four, early five. I think it came out five over here. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, okay. So, but yeah, so, like, I, that's why I mean, like, if we, if we went back and put Sandler in Collateral... Yeah, mm-hmm. Fox would still have Ray. This is <laughs> um, still, yeah, he'd still win that Oscar. <laughs> and then you'd also have the weird thing of like 2004 being uh, Adam Sandler in Collateral and Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine. And, <laughs> oh, wow! Shit, yeah, and everybody and and Jamie Fox and Ray. So everybody's like, comedians gone serious. Man. Um, let's let's all go live in that parallel universe just to see yeah, those yeah. i tell you what i tell you what in that parallel universe like that's the universe where they didn't get covid as well yes um, i was gonna say i'm sure it all stems from that somehow. but I t- speaking of covid something that makes me very uncomfortable in this film is just watching adam sandler walking around coughing all the time oh my god like he doesn't cover his mouth at no, any point in the film it really comes out like he's just coughing and he doesn't realize it's just set up so he can do like the fast forward thing to when i'm better but yeah it's, it feels like such a like oh how can we get him to skip time i know we'll make him we'll make him have a cold <laughs> give him a cold yeah so uh talking about that though the remote how do we feel about the uh the logic of the remote within this movie i don't care you know, I, <laughs> wait, let, let me finish the thought. <laughs> what I was going to no, say... I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> what I was going to say is I don't care how smart this thing is. It is unrealistic for you to skip sex with Kate Beckinsale. I don't care... <laughs> I don't care what what you know, what machination, what storytelling device you're going to use to try and explain that one away. That's one of the most unrealistic things that happens in the movie. Um... <laughs> this film is very into like people are too tired to have sex. Yeah, like everyone, <laughs> apart from Hasselhoff and Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, I also like the idea no. that it's implied that at some point Henry Winkler must have told Adam Sandler that the only way to bang is to give massages first, because <laughs> he does it every time. Hey, it works, man. He, he doesn't <laughs> tell him how to do the coin trick, but he tells him. <laughs> <laughs> Tells him to rub and then he gives bang. him the real trick. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, oh. but I mean, as you know, in general, the storytelling advice is interesting because it's the it's the ultimate shortcut. 
And mm. this film is about sort of the dangers of shortcuts. And mm. um, it is sort like of... Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what that's about? <laughs> Yes, yes. Click was a great inspiration on that film. I can see it now. Um, but um, yeah, I think in in that way it works. Um, I have. Oh yeah, I was going to say it, it. It did make me chuckle the first time they go to the main menu because it made me long for the DVD menus. And the DVD menus I, that's what it's. It's so it funny. Was, I was watching that and I was like, man, this dates the movie, it doesn't really it? Like, does. It <laughs> really does. My goodness. Um, I hope the DVD menu was actually the the same as the menu yes. within the film. <laughs> it, it, it would make sense. It would make sense. We need to get I, I love that idea, though. And I think that, that that's a real fun sort of screenwriter idea that they gave him his own sort of life menu. I, I also love the idea that James Earl Jones narrates his life because, yes, that's a great thing. <laughs> like, I, no, will, I would I will, argue I will, I will say... he puts on audio commentary. That's not an, that's not so much an audio commentary as much as it's just narration. <laughs> I would it's... say I would say if he put on audio description, that would have been... Yeah, yeah, it's audio description, <laughs> sure. But, but yeah, no, I, I love that. Like, I've, I've always said if I could have a, to, a pick between who would narrate my life, it would be James Earl Jones or Peter Cullen, who, if you don't know who mm. Peter Cullen is, he voices mm. Optimus Prime. And mm. that voice, just imagine that voice narrating your life. I mean, you have, you have no choice to make even the most you know, ridiculous moments of your life absolutely <laughs> epic. Just give yeah, me Peter Cullen and some hands in my music and you're done. <laughs> um, so, uh, unfortunately, so, I'm just stuck with Emma Thompson narrating my life <laughs> and telling oh, me I'm going no. to die. <laughs> I've got you could do worse Scarley. than Emma Thompson. <laughs> who, who we got, Josh? Joe Pasquale. Oh man! <laughs> Can I just say quickly the rudest thing someone's ever said to me on a dating website is that I remind them of Joe Pasquale. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Maybe it's just you narrating inside my head. Oh, hello, Donald. <laughs> Josh went to pick up a jug. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> He's always picking oh up them God. jugs. It's like everything I hear before I go to sleep every night. Uh, the only thing I have as a problem with the with the remote is that I just the idea of like it learning your fast forward, but it just seems like it comes out of like Josh is waving his finger at me. This um, the film is prescient. This no, film, it's, it's, I thought it was. I, I thought it was lazy. No, this <laughs> film is about the emergence of algorithms. <laughs> it's about the Hollywood studio system of yeah, uh, 2020s. This, this film predicts the rise of Marvel. This film explain. It's like it's got the this Hulk film in. is. If you like this, then you will like this. It's a machine that learns your wants and your needs and then feeds it back to you, whether you want it or not. And that is that is the Hollywood studio system. That is, you know, people getting um, radicalized online from watching one Jordan Peterson film against their will. This is the whole thing. Click is the most fundamental political film of the last <laughs> 25 years. Oh boy. And I'm gonna nail that's, my colours to mask on that. That's, that's what quite, I that's, believe. That's quite the mic drop right there. You do yeah. seem to find these interesting takes on these <laughs> <movies>. <laughs> That's what it is. In the same way that uh, anger management is just fight club. It's fight club. 
<laughs> Actually, this film is this film is everything I just said plus Hook, and then there we so go. It's, so it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel. But yeah, I, that's what I find interesting about it. About the because I don't know, I don't remember what technology was like back then. But the idea that something could learn your behaviors, like AI, is pretty no. amazing. It's it, but it's it's just the way I feel like they present it in this film, like. Uh, Walk, walking is like oh it's a smart remote uh, is, uh, there's got to be chance for walking impressions on this episode and then and then but then when it like starts doing it it's like why is it doing it it's like oh well i told you it's well, a I smart mean, remote but i mean to show you what like these headphones that i'm currently wearing if i wore if i was going outside in them which i'm not because there's no point it apparently can learn different areas that you're walking and adjust the noise quality for those areas wow. based on what you've done there before. Do you think uh, Steve Corrin and Mark O'Keefe, the writers of this movie, get like um, enough credit <laughs> for inventing... <laughs> for inventing Siri. I don't know, man. They should. But yeah, it's that's... like how when I'm in my when I'm in Morrison's and I open up my phone and the suggested app is the Morrison's app. Exactly. See, that's it's the whole terrifying. thing. <laughs> or yeah, it knows. It knows everything. <laughs> or you know, you say beef one time to someone on the street, and then suddenly all your WhatsApp or no, suddenly all your Instagram adverts are for beef. Or sometimes pork, was, if they're thinking or, outside the or box. Or the TV show Beef House. Or the, <laughs> the TV show Beef House. It all comes down to click. <laughs> I mean, sure. And that's how I feel. In in short, that's how I feel about the remote. This this led to the storming of the Capitol building. I don't, oh, like it's, it, got, it got me thinking. The stem of my problems from this film is... His rage seems to come from, oh, I've got too many remotes. <laughs> so I'm going to get I was one. like, was this a huge problem in 2006? I mean, that's like, I, I get what you're saying, but like, again, I like that it's grounded in real relatable stuff because, mm. yes. Too many remotes. Yes. The too many remotes thing is a thing, but that itself. <laughs> is grounded in the fact that he wants better for his family yeah. and that has sort of that that fuels his sort of you know remote frustration which in turn keeping up with the O'Doyles. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, so 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 again and, and that's like a real, you know, relatable thing. And they sort of have that, you know, one of the few flashbacks which really, really work is the flashback where as a young kid he's playing with his friends, then he invites his friends to the barbecue and then they go to play with, no, they go to watch Freeze Company. Yeah. <laughs> walk off chanting, yeah. Freeze Company, Freeze Company. We don't know that didn't happen. <laughs> no, I know it did happen. I saw it <laughs> in the flashback. So, and you know, as as cheesy and smutty as that is, it does sort of underline his core outlook on life, um, mm. which in turn fuels all his actions in the present. So yeah, I... At least, at least on one level, I understand uh, sort of why he chose to do uh, what he what he did. It's it's a tricky line because, like you know, uh, in reading the reviews, one thing which keeps popping up is that Adam Sandler's character is not likable, uh, which yeah. is uh, completely fair reading because he acts like an ass to a lot he, of people. He spends a lot of time in this film just. <laughs> 
mercilessly torturing his next door neighbor's child. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. that child is a douche. But that child is a douche. <laughs> he grows up. He's a being, um, child. He grows up. I mean, it's, he's from the O'Doyle family, which, if you know your Happy Madison history, they're not a good family. Yeah, no O'Doyle um, is born without sin, according to. Uh, and also, I, if you know your Gotham, that child grows up to be the Joker. So, <gasps> holy wow. shit! Wow. You're blowing my mind. You know. Yeah, two things. On the multi-remotes, it's highly relatable because, you know, it comes up in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they're trying to It was an episode I watched the other day. Was it? Yeah, it's an episode (laughs) of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It comes up in Peep Show. That's two sides of the Atlantic. It's relatable. And, of course, I'm sure we all know there is a Goosebumps book called Click. Which is about um, about a kid who gets a remote that can control the universe. Oh, for God. <laughs> Did that get credit? Which, Did R.L. Um, Stein get R. L. credit? R.L. Stein sued this movie. <gasps> no! <laughs> wow. Holy shit, um, okay. And uh, the lawsuit was thrown out. Because yeah. they were just like, this idea is just universal enough to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, this is... This is the worst shorthand Adam Sandler is a good guy <laughs> character that we've seen so far. Where, like you say, he's a dickhead to his uh, his next door neighbor child, and also he like he ignores his kids. He hates his wife like the whole way through I get, until I mean, suddenly he doesn't. I I, you know, I, I said about sort of the the Kate Beckinsale thing being on this. The fact that Kate Beckinsale is this dude's wife is yeah. What? How? <laughs> What sorcery did this guy, you know, bewitch this woman with? What? How? How? Yeah. I, was t- I was talking to Josh before this uh, this episode, and uh, I was saying, like, you know, she is just one in a long line of brunette women who are married to Adam Sandler and have no real to do. comedy beats within the movie. Well, no, no, no. I, not to say that Kate Beckinsale isn't. I don't actually think she's bad in this movie. I think she's. I don't either. It, Everything she can. I just don't think the script is giving it everything no, they can. Yeah, no, like she, you're right in that she has no comedy beats, and that's a shame. But in terms of uh, drama and actually having genuine chemistry with Adam Sandler, I think she acquits herself really well in both those departments. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I would have liked more comedy beats for her because yeah. she is. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen Love and Friendship, that's just oh, like, she's so good. She's in Love so and good Friendship. in that. So. You know, she she's a really, really great actress. I would have, I would have liked her to have had more, to, slightly more to do in this film. Mm. And, and that, I mean, actually, and I, I'm, 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 I, I'll talk about Kate Beckinsale for a minute because it's. I think she's a really. It's an. It's a, this is an odd move for her to be in this movie at this point in her career because. Yeah, she's fresh sure. off the back of Underworld. She's fresh off the back of, well, it's the same year as Underworld Evolution. Oh, nice. <laughs> so she had a huge 2006. Exactly. And the year before, she's well, two years before, she's doing Van Helsing and The Aviator. Shit, yes. The Aviator. I really I wish Van Helsing was a better movie. There's, a, <laughs> there's some what genuinely you, good stuff in there. What there's some genuinely good stuff in there. And I really love Alan Silvestri's score. It's so good. The main theme is Ooh, just I feel fantastic. like I should listen to that. I it's do so like, good. I do like an obscure Alan Silvestri score. You know what score by Alan Silvestri slaps? 
the Super Mario Brothers movie score. Oh my really? god, yes. Oh my god, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. That first city scene, incredible. Oh, he's great. He was actually supposed to do the score for this. No. Yeah. And uh, he left over creative differences. Oh my god! What were they? <laughs> which, I need which to I, know I, what exactly that was. But it's so weird because I I kept thinking in this movie like God, this soundtrack is all over the place. It's like <laughs> lots of big bang music, not not big bang, big band music, and then it'll go into sort of like modern pop. And I was just like, oh god, really needs like there is a score. It's Rupert Gregson Williams who I believe does all the Sarno movies from this point onward. Really? Uh, not that I remember any of his score in this movie, but I feel like mm. Sylvester must, would have brought something to it. Yeah. I like Rupert Gregson Williams, though. He's very, very yeah. talented. He, uh, he did the score for the first Wonder Woman in 2017, and it's mm. really, really, really good. Um, so, so, yeah. But he stepped out of 1984 because he was like, it's too similar <laughs> to click. I'd just be repeating myself. <laughs> <laughs> Need to see 1984 now. Uh, you haven't seen it yet. Oh my gosh. No. I mean, hey, Josh, the Josh, the villain is called Cheetah. So, what do you think? It's got to be about <sighs> shortcuts. Oh my <laughs> god. Lessons of not cheating. Oh, I'm so how, excited. How, how have we linked Wonder Woman Life 84 to click so convincingly? It's, like, <laughs> it's actually impressive. Uh, Everything it's, is it's click. There. It's there. Like, Pedro Pascal is basically playing Morty, the, the, the technician salesman. At what point, I mean, I know we're going to spoil the film, but hopefully you've all seen it. At what point did it click for you that his name is Morty and he's the angel of death? I think it clicked like two years after I originally saw it. Okay. <laughs> so I, this was another one I watched with my housemates. Um, and I'm very Lucky sorry them. to them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very sorry to them. But yeah, straight after the film, one of them was like, oh, I get his his name was Morty because he's like death, like Mort. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is like, this is like when I... I first realized what only Smarties have the answer meant. Like, it's up there. You know what I don't get, though? What? Why the fuck is he the the, the angel of death? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was the biggest laugh I had during the film when there's the reveal when he's like, I thought you said you were an angel. I am the angel of death. There's like that bit early on in the film where he's like, you know who I am. <laughs> like, no one would have been able to guess. About, so outside of him being called Morty. And he works in Beyond, maybe, but still. Well, so do all angels. <laughs> well, they work. <laughs> That's true. Any of them it's could like be Gabe. Yeah, but he wasn't like Gabe. I don't get what the film is trying to say by him being the angel of death. He's the like, angel uh, of death. Awful. I remember like, that's something that really stands out for me from when I originally watched it. It was just like, oh, this is a twist. I guess. Uh, is he actually the angel of death, though? He might not be. He might just be saying it to shit him up and make him invest. Well, so so really I, I agree with Josh. I think, I think that's, that's what he's trying to do. It's a psych out tactic. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I feel like, the, I feel like <laughs> the bits where he's like standing over his dead body, being like, "Come on, Michael, it's time to go," and like all that kind of stuff. He doesn't and actually the, get the, spoilers. He doesn't actually go though. 
You don't need to say spoilers. <laughs> the full on spoiler <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm going to say spoilers every time. Yeah, it is. It's this. It's the strange thing though, as well. Like, yeah, like again, this is probably. Believe it or not, this script could have used a few more times in the, uh, just in a few more rewrites. I don't believe it, Jack. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> like it what does, like the thing about? that no no script should ever do, in which it at one point kind of reveals that it was all a dream. Oh my <laughs> like, god! Yeah, come he just on. Wakes up, um, on that bed, and then it's like, but it wasn't a dream, <laughs> because yeah, here's a note from Christopher Walken. Mm. um yeah like i i i really don't like that part of the movie i feel but and it's odd because that comes after everything i like because i'm right with you Alan. i like everything basically post finding out sandler had cancer yeah <laughs> yeah another um, great swerve <laughs> that yeah, is a I, strange i guess swerve. Just because like, uh, post like him waking up and being like, "Oh my god, I'm a fat guy." <laughs> yeah, um, the weirdest uh, CGI. Also. That is the that's the lowest moment in that movie. By the way, that thank you for reminding me because we have been doing Click a disservice, people. We should be referring to Click as Academy Award nominated Click because it got <laughs> nominated for best makeup. Did it? It is. It's Happy Madison's first uh, Oscar-nominated film. Um, no, I believe <laughs> it's <laughs> Happy Madison's sole Oscar-nominated film. Was that for smoothing Henry Winkler? It is. It is for. It's, it's mostly for the Henry Winkler and Julie Kavner effect. It's turning like, them both it, into who's from Whoville. I'll tell you what, though, I, Martin Scorsese wishes he had de-aging technology. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, it it looked less out of place than that one scene in which X Men is it where they smooth out Patrick Stewart oh, and Ian X Men Three. Yeah, the last <laughs> round, oh, at the right so beginning. Bad. That's really horrible. Bad. And I mean, it, it looks better than uh, Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy. Oh yeah, true, true. Um, These are some low bars you're giving them to play. <laughs> I still think the highest. To be honest, like anything with Henry Winkler and Julie Kavner in this movie, I think is like five stars henry like, winkler okay. completely destroys me in this movie and that scene where sandler while he's on autopilot reveals to henry winkler that he always knew how he did mm. the call it it's really heartbreaking and the acting from both winkler and sandler in that scene is really really impressive uh, the, i think it's, it's the lovely it might be the, the most, moment it might be the most emotional scene in sandler's entire filmography like it really you clearly haven't seen uh, Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> I have not. It's um, oh, worth a watch, buddy. Um, it's not. <laughs> kind of. Maybe that one scene. But then you won't get the lead up. You yeah, won't. You got to find out. You got to. Yeah. Do you care? But, um, no. Uh, but no. I, that moment where Sana is rewinding him, saying, "I love you, son." Yeah. Is a really, it's a really touching moment. Uh, it actually plays very well in like this uh, sort of COVID era that we're in, in which I would love to be able to play the moments where my parents tell me they love me <laughs> and like uh, just rewatch them over and over because that's all I want at the moment. He's reaching out for something that he can't grab onto, and I was like, oh, this 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 hits hard. This slaps different this time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. um, I'm gonna say so. I didn't didn't cry in this film you didn't 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 
didn't cry in Josh, this film. Josh, you need to but... go to the hospital because clearly your heart is made of stone. <laughs> there, there, there are problems there. Get scan, MRI, yeah, all that. I think. Well, Did this you is cry from laughter? No, but I will. What I will say is that I'm assuming. Did both of you watch this film alone? Yes. Or with other yes. people? So I watched it with my housemates, and I think that created a really different vibe, because at the point where that Henry Winkler scene happens, they were laughing at it, and I was like, kind of laughing along, but then. I was you like, don't need to make yourself look big for other people. No, no, no. But I said to them, but I said to them, if I was if I was watching this alone in my room, I'd be crying right now. <laughs> I would be crying my fucking eyes out of this bit. And probably everything that comes after. But you know, it was just a different vibe. So no, I'm not saying those bits don't work. Is when he dies. That bit makes That makes you cry. That's the bit that makes me cry. Yep. Is when he is saying goodbye to his family. And when he, when that bit where he is lying in the rain, screaming Michael to Dustin Hoffman's son playing his son. Is that who it is? Uh, Jake Hoffman. Oh, um, that makes sense. <laughs> and seeing as Dustin Hoffman has played uh, Adam Sandler's dad twice now, it, it works. Yeah. The other, the, oh, the mm. other noticeable uh, casting of a, a celebrity child in this... Um, Last week we had uh, Roy Nicholson in the Benchwarmers. Not last week, the two weeks ago now. Um, now we've got Lorraine Nicholson oh. as Sandler's uh, as, uh, daughter at 14 years old. Oh, so not the was. one at the wedding, but the one who's going to go out in her future skimpy wear. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the, the one in the wedding I did recognize because I yeah. watched the... Um, uh, CW uh, super exactly, and she oh. was uh, Laurel from she, her name. Her name in real life is Katie Cassidy, I believe. Yes, um, and of course we all know her from the Selena Gomez uh, comedy Monte Carlo. Yes, of yes, of course. Selena and Gomez, Leeton Meester, and Katie Cassidy, the three mm. leads of that movie. Adam Sandler really wants to bang his own daughter, huh? <laughs> Throughout this whole film. Yeah. Does he? Well, I mean, there were like, <laughs> multiple times. Not, not, not when she's a little kid. They, not well, that no, bit, they maybe. had that scene where she, he, you know, he looks at the photo and he's like, you know, take care. Yeah. And then that's your daughter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Multiple times. I actually really like that scene. Um, even even before Henry. Well, no, Henry Young was not in that scene, but the scene where he's visiting his son straight out of hospital, just because. It plays like a guy dealing with a father with Alzheimer's, and I was like, "Oh, this actually plays really nicely." Mm. Um, this idea of son not remembering everything, and of course, the one person we're not mentioning now—we've mentioned all the people who played a daughter. Can't forget Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Role. <laughs> Jonah Hill's second Happy Madison appearance after Grandma's Boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, with like one line, fat shaming himself. Weird prosthetics. <laughs> Oh, strange. Academy Award nominated. Academy Award nominated Jonah Hill. Oh, and prosthetics. <laughs> all, uh, all, everything about that. Yeah, everything Academy Award that. nominated. I mean, like you, you look at it. It's it, it the, the look of Sandler, Fat Sandler in this. It's a really unpleasant thing to look at. Yep. They one hundred percent just looked at Fat Bastard from Austin Powers and just went. Let's do that again. They, I felt like they were trying to make him look like Jeff Garland. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but jo- Josh, it's really interesting what you said about watching this 
with an audience because mm. I think the first time I watched this would probably have been at boarding school on the mm. weekend with like a room full of my classmates. And I'm thinking that we probably would have been laughing at some of the, but like, I I would not be surprised if I were to have a moment and rewind to the moment of me watching this in 2006. <laughs> that I, I would not be surprised if, if we were laughing at the fat reveal and some other stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but, you know, as is true of all art, they are a product of their own time in many Certainly. respects. And we have evolved to a new level of understanding in terms of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Unfortunately, a lot of the stuff, what we're looking back at click now, has aged badly in that regard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's interesting. Like, it's, it's also, because again, like, we, I watched this uh, by myself. Jack watched this by, by himself. It's a different dynamic. You're right to put this out, especially when it comes to comedies more than any other genre. Because mm, yeah, if you yeah. watch comedies with a big audience, um, depending on, you know, how good it is just as a base movie, do the reaction in the moment to watching a film, especially a comedy, can be drastically different um, compared to when you're watching it at home to when you're watching it with an audience. Yeah, um, it's like the peaks are higher and the troughs are lower. Like, if right. a joke lands, it will really fucking land in a huge group of people because, like, laughter's infectious. Exactly. Whereas if a, if a joke doesn't work, the silence in the room will become deafening apart from one guy laughing in the corner. <laughs> like, and that guy person. will be Josh. Yeah. <laughs> he loves Josh, his dad. I, I can just I can I can just picture you, Josh, sitting there. And when it came to the scene where they're giving the sexual harassment seminar oh, and fuck they're making off. jokes about sexual harassment, you were just like yeah. Yeah, High this five, is baby. No. Uh, he just called that woman a whore. God, that whole why did they even put that bit in? There's no Because it was two thousand six and you yeah, were allowed like like everybody was like god sexual harassment that's so stupid no i had it's down the toilet so yeah talking to laughs i had six laughs in this movie oh you counted them oh wow i count them yeah (laughs) i count them because i want to quantify what is the funniest uh happy madison i think i have like two laugh out loud moments but like a lot of just sort of like i can appreciate this as a joke yeah i do like the sort of changing color to the hulk um, with the remote and the yeah. that's that's in my <laughs> that's list funny. of that's I think that's my favorite. Like, it's my biggest laugh is just yeah. him doing yeah. silly voices in that yeah. scene. And mm. and and the Terry Crews appearance would be funny if he wasn't that's... such a jackass in real life that he's actually turned me off of him in a major way. Uh, I did um, laugh though. I did laugh at the Terry Crews appearance. I can't yeah. like it's got to the point now. I, I you know that it's, it's surprising the amount of times I search for gifts. And it's a Terry Crews gift that's one of the options, and I can't use it anymore because he's such a complete <laughs> ass in real life right now. I just I can't with him. So that felt to land me. What else did I laugh at? I did, you know, even though, you know, Sandler is being, um, you know, unkind to a kid, when it's a kid who's that much of a douche, I did think. <laughs> I'd like the, he the, is the, the, the child. I don't he care. Like... He's an ass. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, like the thing is, like, there's, there's being, there's like getting one up on him and then just running over his robot dog. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's like, amazing. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> what kind of mother believes that their nine-year-old son is smoking a fucking blunt? <laughs> like, uh, do you have a, what, what, what laughs have you got, Josh? So my two biggest laughs. These are the ones I want to point out. The, the biggest laugh I had was. Um, 
Christopher Walken revealing he's the angel of death. Because <laughs> that was just fucking wild. <laughs> and the second biggest laugh, and I'm sorry because I know this is in your cry scene, it was Adam Sandler's delivery of... Oh, Josh, you are... You family really go- comes first. You really need to go to hospitals to get your heart checked, man. <laughs> it was a sweet little moment. Was it? I, I yeah. mean, from from how I was watching it, it seemed like a massive tonal shift in the last, like, ten minutes. Hey, you know what the fucking tonal shift is? They're doing that scene, and then he does, like, the middle finger joke to Sean Ash. Yeah, it's crazy! <laughs> like, what is going on? I love that, it. That's can't such commit. a fucking sardle, like... Oh yeah, I should give uh, I should give him the middle finger. Here we go. <laughs> One more last laugh. One more laugh. Taking the piss out of the guy who was treating my wife right for the first time in this movie. You know what also hits quite hard is that moment where his daughter calls Sean Aston dad. And yeah. Like, oh man. That's that's not, a... that's not well, yeah, 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 in terms of emotion, not no, last. Yeah, in emotion. No, like, no, uh, laugh, hit, like, no. Right, Josh, yeah, like, uh, Josh just... boy, oh my gosh, that was hilarious, yes! <laughs> <laughs> no. Even, like, like, that moment, you, like, I do feel that moment. Yeah. I think he plays, well, I mean, like, he plays it into a heart attack. Yeah. Um, uh, mm. But, no, I, I like that moment. Yeah. It hit me hard too, yeah. Again, I think it would have landed, it, it probably would have landed harder for me if I hadn't been watching with a group of skeptics plus myself. So, who is normally skeptic? Apart from I, when it's anger management and I cry at the buddy reveal. I tell you what else would have made this it harder. And I again, I want to go to the alternate universe where this has actually happened. But yeah. I want to see the version of this movie that is one hundred percent full drama. Mm. Because I think the entire perception of this movie, the, the marketing of the movie, what people going into the movie expecting to see, that would obviously massively change if. This was a 100% full drama. Forget any of the uh, humorous elements that you typically mm. uh, go into an Adam Sandler movie expecting to see. Um, I can't picture this movie full drama because the concept is so it such lends itself to comedy. I get yeah. that. I get that. But I, I still, I, w- I would love, I would love to see it. I, I would just like to see it. I think, as much as this is a podcast about Adam Sandler, I'd like to see it with someone else in the lead. I do you know who I could see playing this? Not anymore, obviously. Robin Williams. Robin Williams Ooh, would be that's great. A good I think. Shout. That's a really Robin good Williams shout. Would be this is, great. This is a Robin Williams role all the way through. Like I I know I said it earlier, but the beginning of this film is Hook. It is the business dad who hasn't got time for his business dad who hasn't got time for his family. And then he, he reaches a crisis point and escapes into a magical fantasy world. That's do you know exactly who else? what this is? Would be in that same mold, having played a similar type before, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, Holy <laughs> jingle shit. all the way style. <laughs> yeah, Schwarzenegger. Oh, like, uh, have the remote. <laughs> have- oh, in the comedy version. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Like comedy the- version, maybe in the drama version, I can't see it. Not at all. Um, no. 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 So, like, uh, I, 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 I don't know how I can for sure. Yeah. I feel like um, I was watching this and. Uh, the Bruce Almighty thing, and I was like, you know, Jim Carrey could probably do this quite well. Um, yeah. And uh, similarly, uh, I thought about Will Ferrell, whose star was just on the rise at that point after Anchorman. I thought he would have been pretty well suited. Again, as a comedy movie, I feel like he, his, he would have made that character more likable than Adam Sandler does. Yeah. And, really... and finally, like, yeah, because I think we talked at one point about 
Adam Sandler being the everyman, and obviously the big everyman is um, Tom Hanks. Hanks. And I feel like Tom Hanks would have killed a movie like this. Yeah. Has he done a sort of... I mean, obviously there's big, but has he done a sort of high-concept boy like this? Well, like you just said, obviously there's big. <laughs> I said obviously there's big, but like... Yeah, so like what, yeah, what, what else no, no, do you no. need? That's kind of... Big was like, in my opinion, that's like early Hanks Splash. before he become... Oh, that's early Hanks. Like... I'm talking around this time. Like, around he's doing Catch time. Me If You Can. It's got, like, I think, like I said, Lady Killers comes out 2004, which is an interesting role. It's like a fun caper, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm just looking up around this time what he's doing. So Hanks has got... I mean, he's doing the Polar Express as Oh, well. yeah, okay, fine. Right, all right, I'll retire. <laughs> so, <you laughs> yeah, know. he's doing Polar Express. Done. <laughs> and a Da Vinci Code, which is high oh, concept boy. up the wazoo. Yeah. Fine. So, um. <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Imagine doing this in Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Same year. What, what a joy that would wow. have been. It would be up there with what? Rachel McAdams doing The Notebook and Mean Girls. Just like incredible <laughs> talent. I love Rachel. Unfortunately, McAdams. I don't think any of these people were ever considered. Ever linked. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, Rachel McAdams obviously has featured in a Happy Madison film um, in uh, in the Hot Chick, but yeah. uh, but never has played a uh, Sandler love interest, and I feel like she would fit in the mold of talented actress who has nothing to do very easily. Yeah. Oh, and another big laugh was when uh, Jennifer Coolidge says that she doesn't like her cheeks because they're possibly too Slavic. I thought that was funny. It's a weird fucking joke. Jennifer Coolidge fits into the Happy Madison mold so well that I'm surprised this is our first appearance of her. It was such a delight when she showed up. So she should be in it more. Oh, big time. I really enjoy the bit where she shows up at the end of um, Sandler and Beckinsale's first kiss. Dressed oh, yeah. in a 90s gear. <laughs> <laughs> and just yells, I'm so horny. Uh, also just on that first kiss scene so cute i like that scene i i have a problem in that they they've told each other that they loved each other but haven't kissed yeah that's true that it's like the space (laughs) thing of you had sex before you kissed fuck because yeah they're they're giving those notes saying like i will love you forever and ever and then they kiss for the first time i was like this is a weird progression for this relationship You don't know, you know, that's just how the relationship works, you know, I don't know. Trust me, you don't want to commit to loving to someone forever and ever and then find out that they are a bad They've got a grody mouth. (laughs) You never know. This is a good point. Also, when the fuck did they meet? Because it looks like the 80s, it's set in the noughties, have they been together for 20 years? It's supposed to be the 90s, because Jennifer Coolidge is wearing a a Bart Simpson t-shirt. Yeah, I did notice um, that. But, so, but uh, she, but it's, so it's supposed to be nice. And it's supposed, to, according to director Frank Caracci, it's supposed to be overlit as a '90s film would be. <laughs> I did not notice. Wow, what, what a! It's like what's his name, Michael was, Winterbottom, doing like different film grades for Twenty Four Hour Party People, or or um, Danny Boyle doing it for Steve Jobs. Oh yeah, <laughs> but. We just turn the brightness up a tiny bit. Adam Sandler does have his um, Robbie Hart hair on show, though. He does. And like um, Drew Barrymore was originally offered the role of um, Kate Beckinsale character. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Donna. Donna Newman. Oh, that's the name. 
That wouldn't because in all the Drew Barrymore ones, she at least has stuff to do. Yeah. In this, it would have been it would have been a waste for a reunion. Mm. I feel. <laughs> True. Say we have we haven't talked about one. Well, we mentioned him, but we haven't really talked about walking <laughs> in this movie. Oh, I thought. <laughs> I thought you were going to come Let's around. Let's talk. Something. Yeah. About walking. We're talking <laughs> walking. <laughs> very good. Oh. We, and as we talk about walking, we all have to do the impression <laughs> while we talk about it. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I think he's a lot of fun in this. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> like, he, he seems very all over the place, which I like. The bits where he's just like, there's the bit where Sandler thinks he's on candid camera, which is a bit that goes on for too long. Um, and Sandler starts dancing, and Walken just starts dancing as well. I mean, despite the fact that, yeah, I don't understand if this character is the angel of death or he not, and, or what that is supposed to mean, and why, why, um, according to Wikipedia, he is credited as Morty, the angel of death. Wow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but like, well, you, Josh, you were the one who said you didn't think he was the angel of death. I don't know what I believe anymore. <laughs> Click is a nebulous film. It's out for interpretation. Who knows? I don't really know where that character is supposed to come and go, but I do like him as the sort of Doc Brown of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, agree. He is. He's an interesting guy. Just walking in general, just because I feel like he's someone. <laughs> who doesn't say no to anything. But I thought the whole thing was he really enjoyed working on Joe Dirt. Oh, God, I fucking forgot he was in Yeah, <laughs> I thought he had a great time on that and went, I want to get back in with the Sandman. Oh, I, I mean, he was waiting for them to commission Joe Dirt too. Oh, yeah, true. So, like, he had to fill his time up. Yeah, he's got to make but ends just... meet somehow. <laughs> I'm just looking at him, his career around this time. Like from from when we last saw him in Joe Dirt to now, you do have him being incredible in Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, but then you also have the run of Kangaroo Jack, Gili, Envy, The Stepford Wives, skipping out some good ones, <laughs> Wedding Crashes, yeah, Domino, well Domino, Bounty Hunter, Tony Scott. <laughs> My name is Domino Harvey. I'm a bounty hunter. That's all I remember from that film. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's got like he is someone who I just feel like it's always up for doing something. <laughs> that that those those doing Kangaroo Jack, Gili, Envy, and the Stepford Wives back to back is that is, is, uh, that is he. I mean, you, you got to fire your agent after that. My goodness. Yeah. Oh, and the <laughs> sorry, I missed out the rundown, or as it's known in the UK, oh, welcome, welcome to the jungle. To the jungle. Which is a film that I feel like I should like more than I do. Yeah, agree. I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to bring up Walken. <laughs> I thought it was really fun, and it was like it was a breath of fresh air. Like all of these films, I feel like have to have the elder statesman in. Yeah, there's as always a the older c- comedian, Richie. Or, or like, Richie or the, Real. Old, the old, the older person who's in a comedy to make it to make it land. Yeah. Like what? And Richie Real is that his name? Richard Real from Real. Uh, from from Juicy Juice Bigelow One. <laughs> yeah, um, it's my favorite so far. Uh, I mean, 
obviously the big one is Jack Nicholson Jackie. and anger management. Yeah. Which now that like both uh, Nicholson kids have been in Happy Madison movies, it makes me feel like that Nicholson and Sandlin must have like some relationship where they must get on. They must. <laughs> They must, they must be must pals. Be or at least maybe they did something really horrible on set of anger <laughs> management and they're in like a blood pact now or something. You never know. Maybe. I've heard stories about Jack. I, hey. haven't, I haven't heard any. <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah, you and Nicholson tearing up the town. Oh, oh I forgot to f- say some things that made me laugh in this. Yes. Rachel Dratch writing down, can I go to the bathroom? Oh my that gosh. made me laugh. That made me laugh. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. Just Sandler's yelling at her after it made me made me giggle. Um, yeah, the changing color moment, uh, just when he turns himself yellow and he just does his pirate voice. Oh, you got yourself the scurvy. <laughs> I was like, that's such a strange yeah. joke to go to. Um, I laughed at how big uh, Sandler's suit was because it reminded me of Talking Heads. Yeah. Um, it was a huge, huge baggy suit on him. 2006 fashion, man. Gotta love it. Was it? Was that the fashion in 2006? Everyone loved huge suits. Everyone loved huge suits. Back in the, back in, um, back in the early 2000s, everyone loved huge suits. I like... Um, I liked after he loses all the weight, he has that flabby belly thing. Oh, that he then just starts playing <laughs> with, which I was just like, I was loving that because that's exactly what I would do. I, did, I thought that was perverse. <laughs> if, if I was in that situation, if I had that flap, I would be playing with it all the fucking time. Instead, I've just got fat. <laughs> um, I think Nick Swanson's quite funny in this. Yeah, he's fine. I think it, like maybe it's just because I've seen him now in two films that I found dreadfully unfunny that he co wrote. Mm. But, um,. Him being like the weird thing of him being like, I don't work here. I just look went looking to make friends <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, Swanson was alright in this. He makes the most of his limited screen time for sure. That's true. He wasn't actually terrible, but it's like, just, yeah, I've been burned before by him <laughs> <laughs> as an actor. I think the supporting cast really helped save this movie, um, mm. alongside uh, just um, the more emotional beats. It just makes me wish that Sandler would stick to doing more emotional movies. Because the next... I mean, I know we've got Rain Over Me next, but the next Sandler comedy we have is... I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, no! (laughs) Where, um... Uh, I'm going to tell you what, like, if if you didn't cry at this, Josh, you might cry at I've seen it before, it. mate. I've seen it before. And you I know cried your eyes expect. out then. Yeah, not for that reason, but, you know, others. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have much more to say on Click, really. It was, to me, it was absolutely fine. Yep. Solid, yeah. solid three-star movie. Um, yeah, but like I, if if someone were to tell me what was the best of Adam Sandler, and I was allowed to sort of pick out scenes from movies rather than entire movies, <laughs> then movie, yeah. then I would pick a bunch of, of scenes from Click, um, from the third act of Click. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff like if you were to, to you know find the early instances of someone who was capable of a performance like Uncut Gems look back on his previous filmography and sort of see what, what, what what's the sort of instances where 
you know, we could sort of believe that a performance like that was possible. Then if you go and look at Click, there's many scenes which indicate that, hey, this guy has what it takes to, you know, be in discussions or should have been in discussions for Best Actor Oscars. Um, it was on that level for me. Uh, I, I, And it's still, you know, to this day, it, you know, the fact that it had stayed with me for as much, long as it has, long before I was asked to do this part, is a testament to how good that performance is. So... So yeah, really more annoying. like that, please, Adam. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alan, have you seen Hubie Halloween? I was going to say I have not um, because oh, I you know, value my time. Uh, no, <laughs> you clearly don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you did, you would have watched Hubie Halloween. Uh, <laughs> Everything good. else is a waste. If um, I watch Hubie Halloween and I back away from my time, I will be having words with both of you. I'm just saying. <laughs> Come back on the pod. We don't sign anything. We don't it's sign way, anything. We're not it's responsible. A way, it's a way to get you back on. <laughs> um, uh, Josh, I just wanted to quickly say, did you think that the house from Starship Troopers was in this? Because, no. Um, <laughs> I didn't this time. Because it's in it's, New York. Because Adam Sandler's house in the future is the same one used in the bench warmers <gasps> that we thought was the house from Starship Troopers is it? before. It must so. be a different aspect, one that I wasn't familiar with <laughs> from Starship Troopers or from the bench warmers. <laughs> that, or, and the fact that they had like some weird blue tint on everything in the yeah, future. Yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> oh, I loved, yeah, I loved the future stuff, like the Doctor who has like plastic hair. It <laughs> has like a molded the... hair thing. <laughs> Did you enjoy that the future was that just just not just like a doctor's bandana? No, it was a it was a wig made. It was like a solid wig. Did you, did you enjoy like that the future is all like now? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> like what, a lot, like Winkler, a lot of it is in set in twenty twenty two. Yeah, Henry well, Winkler dies, dies in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, also, like Henry Winkler in twenty twenty one in that film looks far older than he does in, in real yeah. life. Did you, when he had his old man makeup on, did you, when he had his old man makeup, did you think he looked like Mr. Turtle? <laughs> From Master of Disguise. From Master of Disguise. <laughs> because I would say I, it's I exactly the same mask. <laughs> wait, wait, when, uh, when Henry Winkle had his old man yeah, makeup Yeah, when Henry Winkle. Not, Henry not Winkle. when they put like some flower in Adam Sandler's hair. No, that was very convincing though. <laughs> And they jowl him um, up a little bit. They do. No, I thought he looked. He, he looks. He looks good. Old. He. Um, he looks kind he's... of like he looks now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I didn't think he looked like a turtle. No. Uh, I've <laughs> this one got... could have used a bit of the turtle man. Oh, maybe. I just. Fuck. Oh, got... by the way, the nurse who um, has the plastic hair—that's director Frank Caracci. Is it? Wow! Yeah. Oh, it's all thanks to him. Where are you finding all these this this, this <laughs> trivia? This is impressive. Um, it's uh, it, it's I mean it's it's a pretty little known fact, but IMDb has a pretty excessive trivia section. Yeah, don't say. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, look, I'm not saying it, that you have to do this, but maybe you go to IMDb, you go to the page for the film Jersey Boys starring Christopher Walken, and you go to the trivia section and you find out that Jack Gregson auditioned for one of the roles. What? Maybe you, learn that. Maybe you find out some, maybe you learn something. I'm totally going to do this as soon as we're done here. Maybe, maybe on. one day when Jersey, when Jersey, maybe on the day when Jersey Boys came out, IMDb used to spotlight trivia for recent films on their homepage, and for a while, my name was on the homepage of IMDb. We need need to wrap this so that I can go and search this for myself. How many episodes (laughs) is that going to come up in? How many? Um, I ask you. At least least seven. Yeah, I want more. I have two more things. Okay. One. One is a talking point, and one is a one is just a fact. One is a talking point, one is a listening point. Yeah, one's (laughs) one's a fact. A sad fact, in my opinion, and one's a question. So first off, um, I found it really heartbreaking that this was the only film that former Cranberry singer Dolores O'Riordan sang in. That's sad. So you know the singer of the song Zombie? Yeah, from the Cranberries. Yeah, from the Cranberries. She sings their song. She's in it. It's her single credit. This was it. Because he unfortunately passed away two years ago. Yeah, but I mean, this film came out in two thousand and six. She had. She was in an years. episode of Charmed. Yeah, I know. Before this. Yeah. This was the I'm last just... thing. Click. Well, put her she, off it. Maybe she didn't have a good time. Yeah, probably. Is this great. your talking point? No, that didn't <laughs> land. Cut it. <laughs> Double it. Uh, the second. What do you think twenty twenty one's version of Click looks like? Because obviously, while I was watching this, I was thinking, isn't this interesting that they looked at the landscape of the time, they thought, how can we high concept a man who wants to change his life? We'll look at it through the medium of the time, the remote control, a universal idea at that time. So it's a phone this time, isn't it? Do you reckon it's a phone? It's a phone and... Or a tablet. A tablet. Is it VR? It's, it's not. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, Will it ever as be someone, VR? As someone who's played a lot of Groundhog Day VR, it's, it's VR. Not VR. It's, it's phone and, it? it's, and it's holograms. It's like that Minority mm. Report thing where they did the swiping, you know, mm. they, I always love that Minority Report is like the go to <laughs> for like future technology. It's yeah. film from like 2002. Mm. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, hey, yeah, you gotta get that Minority Report. Spielberg, Spielberg was onto something. Um, really no, I was. love the technology in Minority yeah, Report. What, the precogs? Yeah. <laughs> I do love the precogs. <laughs> I, uh, Samantha Morton in Minority Report, early crush for me. Yeah? That's not true. That's not true. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, I'm looking yeah. forward to having my eyes replaced and then going to a flat where inexplicably in the fridge is one good sandwich and one very bad sandwich. <laughs> and I hope I choose correctly. It's sort of like, uh, you know... It's like a magic eight ball situation. Yeah. So phones. I don't know what that means. You feel phones. What the phones Yeah, I feel like phones, and I feel like actually a film like Click is probably quite pressing at the moment because we'd all like to fast forward through something that we're going through right now. But then, Jack, as the film Click itself tells you, it's all about the journey and not the destination. So all this fear and boredom. I don't think that applies right now. All this fear and boredom is turning you into the person you're always going to be. Oh, a hermit. A hermit man. He's <laughs> always destined to be a hermit. Yeah, Click gonna... didn't predict COVID, and for that, it will be viewed poorly in history. 
That's true. It's it is strange that he fasts forwards through the through the COVID, and then nobody seems to mention it. Yeah, <laughs> but they do mention uh, Michael Jackson cloning himself. Yeah, that didn't land oh. for me. Nope, that 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 all all three of those jokes yep. about oh, it was the Britney Spears one as well, yeah. and then someone else I think gets a gets a name check, and I was like, oh, I don't like any of this. Yep. Also, just feels like a different a joke from a different movie. Yeah. yeah. What for, I was I was really happy that there weren't that many terrible off-color jokes until right at the end they throw you used her name earlier but they make her into a trans man. Oh, Rachel Dratch. Yeah, yeah, that that's was, a that's a sad yeah, moment. That was a really awful joke. I mean, it's it's just sad. Like it's just it it's like look, isn't it funny that someone is trans? Yeah, awful. Um, uh, along uh, with the Rob Schneider cameo that we haven't mentioned yet. We have mentioned, <laughs> but we haven't. We haven't specified. I've definitely. I've mentioned Prince Habibu. Fine. Um, <laughs> like, Cut that. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Like. Yeah. There are things in this movie that shouldn't exist. Like. Yeah. Um, uh, the and we mentioned the sexual harassment seminar, yeah. which uh, feels again like a remnant of a different era. Yeah. Oh, just for another person who could have been good in the lead of this, if this movie was made in like sort of like the early nineties, Bill Murray could do a movie like yeah, this. Yeah, I can see that. And so Bill Murray could show. handle being unlikable better than Sandler does, because unlikable Bill Murray is still charming. Unlikable Sandler is, is unlikable, yeah. <laughs> especially when one of the first things Morty does, Christopher Walken in this film is say, I want good guys like you to have a break. I kept thinking, why is he a good guy? Yeah, why is he a good guy? He's done nothing. To he has it. a job. He ha- yeah, he has a job, and he vaguely has an idea that he wants his family to be better off, but not in any sort of tangible way. He wants his family <laughs> to be better off, despite the fact they have that lovely-looking house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, yeah there's a lot of stuff in this film that shouldn't have existed in 2006. But unfortunately, it did it took a long time for comedy to catch up with what should be appropriate? Yeah. Um, should we go? Uh, should, oh, I was going to do my do uh, do the awards. I know we've already oh, talked sh- about um, its Academy Award nomination, but we got to talk about the the awards this film was nominated because uh, this is um, this is a big one for Sander. Sander. Um. So Adam we, Sanders. We've got the Academy Award nom for best uh, best achievement in makeup. Uh, it win as always with these films. It wins the ASCAP Award for um, Rupert Gregson Williams. Yeah, always gets a score award somewhere. Um, Is that the one they give everyone? An that's award? the one where everyone wins. Yes. There's yes, no yes. There, there's no <laughs> nomination. It's just um, winning. They say your name and you've instantly won. Uh, I should say what Click was up against at the Oscars, uh, nominated against Apocalypto and Pan's Labyrinth. Unsurprisingly, Pan's Aww. Labyrinth wins that award. That's good. Uh, the Makeup Award is good, though. I, I, I still wish uh, Bad Grandpa won when it was nominated. It was nominated for Best Feature Film Casting by the Casting Society of America. Uh, did not win. Uh, Sandler wins best uh, uh, well favorite move, male movie star for the Kids Choice Awards. Classic. But loses uh, best comedic performance at the MTV Movie Awards. 
<laughs> it's a nomination for sound editing at the Motion Picture Sound Editors Awards. And nominated five times at uh, the Teen <laughs> Choice Movie Awards. Not a single win. Oh, devastating. But did win the People's Choice Awards for Favourite Movie Comedy. So the people wow. are on board with this. The teens, not so much. It's <laughs> not the teens. The teens Fine. did not want to give uh, Sandler the choice movie hissy fit. <laughs> <laughs> Always gets a hissy fit, Nom. Um, okay, let's do MVPs and LVPs. Um, Amon, you said you had yours earlier. I did. My MVP of this movie is Adam Sandler. Whoa. My LVP of this movie is Adam Sandler. Yeah. I, I felt it. I felt it was That's coming. A twist in the tale. Uh, yeah. I think we've, we've really covered why those are my choices uh, for those awards. But yeah, as I said at the top, this is the best and worst of Adam Sandler in this movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Or just just on that level, that makes rewatching it in 2021 really, really interesting, especially after his uncut gems performance, um, mm. because now we know what the ultimate best Adam Sandler thing looks like. <laughs> um, so so yeah, that is why I've elected for both LVP and MVP to go to Mr. Adam Sandler. Josh, do you have MVPs and LVPs? God, I had an MVP a second ago. <laughs> Who was it? Um, oh, no idea who it was. Sean Astin, <laughs> who was a joy to watch again, as he always is. And every time he's on screen, it's just so much warmth. Uh, Henry Winkler could have been up there as well. But for me, it's Sean, especially the scene where he gets pantsed <laughs> as a confident man to play that speedo role. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, a joy, a joy. <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, he, his first appearance is just him wearing just the speedo. Exactly. Um, he was one of my favourite things about Fifty First Dates. It hasn't changed. He's just got such a lovely face. <laughs> I don't know if he does everything. many more Happy Madisons after this. No. <laughs> Probably not. Um, uh, LVP? It's Robbie. <laughs> it's the Schneider. It's Robbie Schneid, man. <laughs> it's the Schneid lad. Because, come on... <laughs> just come on just don't do it just one time <laughs> when Adam comes to you and goes do you want to play a racially insensitive role just say fucking no just say no Josh every, everyone's gotta pay bills everyone's gotta yes. eat <laughs> Yeah, but, he, but, uh, but Schneider had the bench warmers come out this year he's rolling in the dark he's <laughs> <At least> $15 <laughs> Yeah, God, just like, just don't do it, man. And I mean, I, the worst thing is, I know he's coming back in a couple of weeks, but I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. And I know what he's going to do. He hasn't learned. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> it's just Rob Schneider. Uh, How about you, Jackin? My MVP uh, is, uh, you mentioned before, um, it's, it's the team of Henry Winkler and Julie Kavner. I think they're both yeah. really, ch they, like, they're the type of movie parents, so you're like, oh, I wish they were my parents. Um, uh, I also always want to see Julie Kavner in more things. I watched um, That's My Life last year, like, I think the only film where she's, or one of the few films where she has a lead role. She's she's wonderful. I mean, we all know her as Marge Simpson, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Great, great to see her in live action. 
Uh, and Henry Winkler's so. just just the boss. And uh, like I think this this is his best performance in a Happy Madison movie. As much as I like him in The Water Boy. You but... haven't seen the next one he's in. <laughs> Have I not? Oh, I've seen Here Comes the Boom. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Um, Fine. <laughs> don't fuck with me. My LVP <laughs> is um, uh, the production accountants for Sony Pictures. <laughs> because I refuse to believe that this film cost $80 million. <laughs> I'm telling that you, Jack, it's the CGI. And it's also, think about how many plastic remote models they made for that scene where Sandler keeps smashing them. They cost 20000 each. I just don't see it. I know, Josh, you like to equate <laughs> thing and things into how much, how many mean machines they could make for that oh, yeah, amount shit. of money. How many is this? 40? 40 mean machines? More mean machines than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> just, it's it's part of that Sandler, the Sandler movies costing far more money than they should. I mean, we open up on a shot of, like, Twinkies in this film. So yeah. there's definitely some product placement going on there. So they're getting money from other places too. Boss. So Voss water. Yeah, that's, yeah, that Voss water. Voss water tastes terrible. <laughs> um, I like it. Oh. I'm being paid to say that. <laughs> well, that's it. That's that's my uh, that's my LVP. So Good that's choices. that's that's our click chat. Amon, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at a woman and you can find all my musings and work pretty much from there um there is a chance depending on what happens with the release the ever fluctuating release schedule that <laughs> that 2021 will see the return of the montage um oh great so 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 we, we will see oh on that front there's um, something but... to look forward to every year <laughs> yeah i didn't do it last year because yeah, there are I no noticed. big movies um so the last one it's still my pin tweet the 2019 montage is still my pin tweet um so if you want to know exactly what the hell i'm talking about you should probably go and check that out um yes. but but uh yes um I have the track in place. I have a ton of ideas. My creative juices are very much flowing. Um, but now every, everything seems to be, be going back again. So we'll see. You know, I, I may I may even do, I may even make it a winter a montage, depending on when everyone, everything decides to come out. Um, but that's, that's basically, watch the space. And to watch the space most effectively, you should follow me on the Twitterverse. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Josh, you got you got your you got your stuff to plug. Who are you, Josh? Where can the people find you? Uh, I'm doing nothing, and you can find me at <laughs> papsby at papsby. It rhymes with the aviator on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Letterboxed, and other places. But that's mainly it. And of course, you can find me at JFG in Digital 3D across Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. It doesn't rhyme with shit. It's a pretty shitty <laughs> handle, to be honest. Um, and of course, if you if you want, you can follow the show at TrueHapMad. You can email us at TrueHapMad at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, why not leave it a review on the podcast listening device of choice? Please. Reviews. <laughs> Um, give us, you know, we're at the moment we're sitting at that thirty-four percent like click. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, we're five stars across the board. It's just that only three people have said that. But you know, that's fine. That's a hundred percent of the critics. Exactly. Like the Goldberg season two. 
Uh, uh, well, Amon, thank you so much for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for real joy. You brought some perspective to this movie. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. This is fun. And as always, oh horseshit! Oh horseshit! Oh horseshit! I hate it. Yeah. See ya. <laughs>